In 2003, Avril Lavigne released her debut studio album, Let Go, after which she supposedly died and was replaced by a body double, Melissa Vandella. Except Avril never died, and neither did the conspiracy theories surrounding her death. Today, I'm putting you into the shoes of a woman who was killed off by a blog post 11 years ago, and the bizarre world of conspiracy theories who still believe it. This is the story of Avril Lavigne. I have just done the funniest mic check and the microphone wasn't on. <laughs> because of course... Of course... Doesn't this bed look squashed to you? Is that... Was that it? Was that a joke? <laughs> There's no punchline. There are no punchlines in my fucking jokes. But look at it. It just looks like a sad... Like, it just looks so sad today. It looks like I haven't tried. I haven't tried. I'm purely running on caffeine and no sleep. I haven't tried. And I'm still sweating. Somebody in the comments told me last time not to give up on heat wave. They didn't word it like that. They told me this wasn't the last heat wave because people follow weather closely here, okay? British people care about the weather. <laughs> I was just, you know, urinating before sitting down here. This is going so well. If this is people's first video of yours, they are so lost. They're like, when does she start? Where does she finish? When, when does it start? <laughs> what is going on here? This is why it took me so long to get monetized. So yeah, I was pissing as I was telling you. And I looked up and saw like the biggest stain that I have not spotted in like three months. Moral of that story is look up more often from your phones, from your friends, from people's private parts. <sighs> just roll the intro, just please, for the love of Jesus, just roll the intro. And by roll, I mean just say it, just utter it. <laughs> Just say words. I don't feel like talking today. This is great. This is great. This is purely great content. Also, it's not like your videos last for like two hours. <laughs> I don't feel like talking, guys. Here we go. Here we go. Here comes the intro. <clears throat> Detective unit, I gathered us here around our cyber campfire. Imaginary campfire. That should be merge. Cyber campfire. Like when I log into work, I say like, you know, cyber hello and stuff. <laughs> No, 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 I say nice to, like, cyber meet you if I just meet people, like, on Slack and stuff. Super important information. Can we start this over again? Like, how many times can you start this video? I gathered us all here today to talk about conspiracy theories surrounding Avril Lavigne. I knew nothing about this woman's personal life and nothing about conspiracy theories. And that brings me to a trigger warning because I like to get those out of the way first. This video will mention suicide quite a few times, rather the topic of suicide, and that is something that I had no idea when it comes to this conspiracy theory. Like, I knew roughly that the conspiracy theory was about everyone being dead, however, I didn't really know how this blog post had killed her off in 2011, and then why did people believe it? Which brings me to the next freaking argument here. By the end of this video, I will try to be as unbiased as possible, we do deep dives here, we go through the evidence in any case, and I will try to give you the arguments for both sides, but just going in, I don't believe in the conspiracy theory, I don't believe that Avril Lavigne is dead, and so many comments that I have seen online, especially in the more recent videos on the topic, kind of are around like, let it die, let it die out, and 
I agree, but I still had to dig into it myself. Like it was on my prospective cases list for the longest time, and I had to dive in to see like if there's anything, if there's any substance, and do it the way I do all of my videos. Deep dive, give it a background, give it a theory, the pros and cons, both sides, and then where does it stand now? And here, because it is the story about a person that is very much alive today, they have given their own interviews and their own opinions, their own take on this bloody conspiracy theory. Do you think you sound more British when you say bloody? I don't try. I really do not try to sound more British. So, given the trigger warning, this topic is a lot more morbid than you'd think, and if this is your first time on this channel, I don't do entertainment takes. Even like the Honey Boo Boo, The Ember Heard, and Johnny Depp, like any case that I have covered, some would say it's dry kind of coverage. It's boring if you wish. I wouldn't call it boring. I would call it detailed. That's what I would call it. Deep dives and just detailed cases, but it's not entertainment. I don't take it as such, and I don't take this topic as lightly as a lot of channels might have taken it. That being said, let us do this in the classic Mysteries with Maya style, where I am actually going to give you the short of the theory first, which isn't really short at all. When I have written it, I was like, yeah, this isn't like the classic short of it. Then we are gonna go into the background of Avril Lavigne, the start of her career, all the way up until 2003, which is supposedly when she died and conspiracy theories believe, that was replaced by a body double. And then we're gonna talk about the conspiracy theory, the evidence, and where does it stand now, and then like Avril's take on things and Avril's legacy. And then once you have the whole picture, you can tell me in the comments, do you think there was ever basis for this theory? Do you still believe in it? I will tell you what kind of comment I don't want to see, because I have watched plenty of videos on this, but you have to stick around, because that is the most ridiculous comment, and it's under every single video, because people do that in order to get likes and comments. You know, you live on YouTube, <laughs> you know exactly every single comment that you have seen under multiple videos, I know of it. I spotted you, I've seen it on TikTok, I've seen it everywhere. Stop copy-pasting people's content and comments for clout. Can we dive into the topic today? God, it's hot. <sighs> the short of it. The short of the conspiracy theory. In 1998, 13-year-old Avril had just won a singing contest. She started performing for the audiences of 20,000 people and over, and by the age of 15, she was no longer interested in school. Music was her life, so she decided to drop out of school. Shortly after that, she would meet who would be her first manager, Cliff Fabry, and then in 2011, she signed a million-dollar deal with the producer L.A. Reid. This deal would lead to her first album, rather the preparations for it, and this would be the album Let Go. She is now of complicated skater boy losing grip fame in 2002 when the album is released. This album was the second best-selling album in the world that year. The documentary that is produced around this time and was released from everything I've seen in 2003, called My World, showcases her life, showcases the backstage of everything, her dynamic with her own band, and just in general, 
where her life was at the time. It shows some sort of excitement and euphoria towards her career. Actually, I have watched this. It's on YouTube, I think, as a whole. And if you are hardcore a real fan, like, I would really recommend watching my world documentary. It just really captures her spirit and energy at that time. She is a worldwide star and she starts performing at some of the places that no longer have the capacity of only 20,000 people. So she, as a center of attention now, is constantly followed by paparazzi. This is also early 2000s. We know how paparazzi were not regulated whatsoever. They would follow the stars, especially if you know the whole Britney Spears and conservatorship story. They would follow the stars mercilessly and they really couldn't defend themselves. They really couldn't do much on their end to stop paparazzi from basically being all over their lives. However, something that some stars have deployed in the past was a lookalike somebody to go to press tours, somebody to show up when they didn't want to be seen, or maybe they wanted to be in a secondary location when they're shooting something, for example, and then that lookalike would be the person that the paparazzi would capture. And here the hypothesis, rather the core of the whole conspiracy theory with Avril, is that that is exactly what happened. According to this theory, it wouldn't be Avril hiring this lookalike. It would be her team, and they hired her in order to accompany Avril to tours with a mission of confusing and dropping both press and fans from afar so that Avril isn't late to events, so that she can confuse everybody and be where she wanted to be while this lookalike is there with her. This does alleviate the pressure to a certain degree, however, not completely, because now she has to start working on the second album. Of course, all of the production studios are focused on that, and she has to make it as good, if not better, to live up to the success of her first album, Let Go. As she's creating new music, her and her doppelganger, called Melissa Vandella, will actually grow closer, and they would become friends. Avril would record her video clip mobile during this time, and she's visibly upset during this video for this song. The song was released on her second album, however, the video was said to be archived and hidden for eight years. In 2003, as she's still working on her second album that would be titled Under My Skin, Avril's grandpa dies, and he would end up dying only hours before Avril was to perform on stage. So she will still end up taking the stage and telling the audience that her grandpa just died and dedicating a song to him. Now, she tries to keep strong and keep going, but it seems like she is down, which is understandable for most of that show. And she's down because she felt most connection with her grandpa out of all of the family members, and she will say it on stage herself. She was closest to her grandpa compared to like her parents and anybody else in her family. The show will end with Avril leaving, still being down, being depressed, and supported by her band. After Avril leaves each and every show, and supposedly the one where she just performed after her grandpa passed away, she is faced by her lookalike. And this lookalike, for the reasons that we have just said, in order to deceive the paparazzi, increasingly is just picking up on Avril's mannerisms and also trying to look like Avril as much as possible. 
And at this stage, she's dressed, she's made up just like Avril, wearing exactly the same clothes, so it's good enough for the paparazzi. However, unmistakably, she has different features to Avril Lavigne. As for Avril now, some time has passed, however, she is still depressed. She's still depressed about her grandpa's death. We have no idea about the dynamic with her family at this moment in time. However, if we are to listen to some of the lyrics to the songs that she has created at this time, like the one where the video will be archived and hidden, called Mobile, Possibly she's just lying down watching the mobiles on her ceiling. These are the objects from what I gathered, like the, you know, like when you put it into the baby's crib, that's what is known as a mobile. And the lyrics to this song state, when I turn my back, I get out of control. I'm a mobile. I'm a mobile hanging from the ceiling. Life is a mobile. Avril will soon disappear and the production will start looking for her along with her family. Avril, at this point in this theory, may I add and emphasize on it, is found dead at home. The way that this blog post states that Avril had been found was hanging from the ceiling by a rope. The production managers get in touch with Avril's family and they all agree not to disclose of her death as of yet, because the second disc was already in the works. It was already about to be released, and this would be increasingly bad press. So Avril's family agrees to this, and agrees for the production studio to release the record first, and then, you know, maybe they'll decide to release the news of Avril's death later. According to this blog post, this means, obviously, the family would bury Avril, there would be a private and a secret funeral that would be held. And this is when Melissa is deployed, probably even further than she was before, because now she has to take the life of her own. Rather, she has to become Avril. She had been trained for months to do so. However, now she is tasked with continuing the release of the new record playing Avril and continuing the project where Avril left it off. At this point, according to the theory, some of the songs on the album, the second album that would be Under My Skin, would already be composed, would already be written. However, now Melissa has to complete it, has to complete this album, because you, you got it, Avril is dead. So, According to this blog post, this is when Melissa starts creating music herself. Melissa, in this theory, is an actress. She doesn't have IMDb profile, she doesn't exist on the internet, there's not a single picture of Melissa before meeting Avril. If you even believe that she is Avril, there's no like pictures of Melissa before and how she looked before she turned into this lookalike. However, she suddenly needs to start her own music career, needs to become Avril. So she suddenly starts composing the remaining songs in order to complete the new record and writes about everything that is happening now, how this has affected her in a hidden way for some of the lyrics. That is why some of the songs on this new album will be giving us hints about how Avril has died and Melissa has taken over. 
So Melissa, who yet again is an actress, doesn't supposedly have any prior musical knowledge apart from since she met Avril and has been working with her, is suddenly subliminally letting us know, putting these messages into multiple songs that will be released on Avril's next record. Songs like Nobody's Home, stating don't know where she belongs, where she belongs, she wants to go home, but there's no one home, that's where she is, broken inside, with nowhere to go, giving us an inkling that Avril couldn't confide in her family, she couldn't actually go home and tell her parents how she felt. Song like my, songs like My Happy Ending, where she says, let's talk about it, it's not like we're dead, was it something I did, was it something you said? Don't keep me waiting in a city so dead. Hanging so high on a rope so fragile. You were all the things I thought I knew and I thought you could be. Indicating to us the method that she chose to die by suicide with. Songs like Together, where she states something is not right, I can feel it inside of me. The truth isn't too far away, you can't deny it. When I turn out the lights, when I close my eyes, the truth comes to me and I'm living a lie. Apart from the songs, some of them that we're gonna analyze in more detail later, of course, Melissa now is responsible for everything, from the album covers to the performances to how she actually dresses and appears. And she would choose to actually indicate to us that she indeed is an imposter through the album covers as well. So on the cover for Under My Skin, there is an analogy to a secret funeral through the promo pictures, through the picture on the cover of the album where Avril is in all black and she is crossed out with a red cross that indicates that Avril is no more and also red can indicate bloodshed, can indicate something sinister actually happening here. So there are always these hidden messages through the songs, however, also through the press releases, through how Avril is dressed during the press releases for this album and also through the album covers. At this point in time, so still in 2003, a band member that you see in my world documentary is a famous guitarist for Avril that worked alongside of her called Ivan Taubenfeld. He decides to leave. So according to this theory, the lookalike Melissa and him worked on one last song and the song is called Best Years of Our Lives. So you hear Avril singing, rather according to the theory, you hear Melissa singing with Ivan. And Ivan would leave the band and write this farewell song. They would record it together and the song would state, I'd never thought I'd lose my best friend. In 2004, Under My Skin is finally released and the fans immediately spot how there's a much sadder tone to this whole album. Most of the songs are ballads. They're songs like Slipped Away that are just fully dedicated to Avril's grandfather. And the fans already know, like the real fans who were basically going to Avril's Try to Shut Me Up tour and have witnessed her performance stage, know why this album is sadder. However, the conspiracy theories believe that the case is that this album just has 
all of these sad, depressing tunes because Melissa is trying to give us the clues about Avril's passing and about how she's an imposter who has taken somebody's life and has taken over Avril. Between this point, so 2004 and 2007, the fans are split and it's way too late for somebody like Melissa, Avril's family supposedly, and then the whole studio, the whole production, to now go back and confess that Avril has actually passed away, like the whole album has been released. And they're somehow still getting away with it. That is all the way up until 2007. So during those three years, Melissa has managed to convince most of the fans. In terms of her look, style, even appearance, they're noticing a difference. However, you know, still some of the songs on Under My Skin are produced and supposedly recorded by Avril, so Melissa is just trying to fit into that and obviously has given us clues in so many other songs. However, people are starting to speculate and comment on different physical appearance, comment on all of the differences between new and old Avril. However, the lookalike will continue to adapt as much as possible. They would achieve somewhat of public acceptance and everybody would move on. That is, of course, until the next album had to be released. And now it has been already three years they have to release some new music. This is when the best damn thing comes out. And if you know of the album, you know that this one is completely different to anything that Avril had done in the past. Avril sounds different. Her voice sounds different. Her looks have completely changed. She wears wigs in most of the music videos for this album. The songs are a lot poppier. The look of her wearing a tie and just loose jeans, like the skater boy look that we have known Avril for, is just completely gone. So once again, there is a stir and there are fans that are claiming that Avril has just changed too much. All their fans don't like this new Avril. They don't like her voice, they don't like the looks. They're just not really accepting of how the industry has changed her. And this is what started stirring the conspiracy theories, that it isn't just the industry, that this is a completely different person. According to this theory, or at least what I had gotten from this blog, there are new fans. Obviously, she has gained new audience who possibly have just heard about The Best Damn Thing and have just heard about a couple of songs from her new album. And now they don't know of the old Avril, they don't know about emotional struggles, about how much different the old album was. So this is where there is a final rift between the old fans and the new ones. And again, according to the blog post, it makes me feel like you can only believe into the conspiracy theory if you had known Avril from before. So, like, the new ones, they're oblivious to it, they don't know of anything, they don't believe and can't believe into it, because obviously they have only known Avril from this point on, if that makes any sense. Nothing here will make any sense, just FYI. But we, we continue. I digress and we continue. In 2011, here in our timeline, we do have quite a skip there, because apparently there's nothing really happening supporting this theory, nothing much, except from, like, all the changes in appearance and everything I just said. 2011 comes around and the video for the mobile, the song, 
that had been hidden leaks on YouTube. And there is a timestamp to this, so we know that this video had been leaked and that it had been recorded when Avril looked much, much younger. So back in 2002, from what I've read. And the reason for this, if you don't believe in the conspiracy theories, is that Mobile was scheduled for a release, but was scrapped because possibly of its underperformance, because there were better singles on that album, like Losing My Grip, complicated, like there were a lot better singles on that album, so they didn't really think that it will yield much success. They archived it and then released it only about eight, nine years after the album had been released. There's another divide here now with the video release with the fans who believe that maybe this was due to the contact with the label, her not fitting the whole style of the album, rather this song not fitting the whole style of the album, or just not being good enough, people thinking that it will underperform. Or maybe if you are believing more into the conspiracy theory side of things, the production studio and just everybody in Avril's life really didn't want the world to see this side of Avril, just how bad she was, like how badly she was doing, because, again, according to this theory, only a couple of months after this video had been shot on the streets of LA, Avril will end up dead. In our timeline here, 2011 comes around, and this is when this theory of a doppelganger, of a lookalike, will be actually exposed to the internet through this Brazilian blog post. The whole conspiracy theory and the supporting evidence and the screenshots of Avril and how she looked back in the day compared to how she looks now, everything we're gonna dive deeper into. After this, in 2015, the conspiracy is revealed to be exactly that, a conspiracy. The original admin on the blog, whose name we don't have and I couldn't find online, if anybody can, please tell me that I have glitched, but I couldn't find who this person actually was. And this person who started a blog post that was called Avril is Dead, well, admitted to fabricating everything, rather to saying that they have just said, well, it was a supposed death, that they have done it in order to question people's susceptibility to believing into conspiracy theories. They have stated Avril never died and was replaced by a lookalike. I created this theory to see if people would believe it, and thousands of people believed it was a fact. That brings us to the long of it, rather just going into more details on every single thing that I have raised, every single point that this blog post had raised. And really, just pay attention to just how much deeper I'm going into it, because there is there's no long of it here. There is some supporting evidence that I will be breaking down, however, we need to understand how did this lie even come about? Why did it yield so much attention? Like, why do so many people still believe in it? Despite of me telling you, four years after the blog post had been released, its authors saying to the world that it's a lie. Like, a lot of videos that I have seen online completely just avoid telling you that part. Like, that there is actual admin of this blog post that came publicly saying online, rather it was in a Facebook post, that again, on Facebook page doesn't exist anymore today, so it's just based off of screenshots. However, it is common knowledge online when it comes to this conspiracy theory, that a person behind it admitted that it was a lie. 
that so many people still are susceptible to believing in it and just omitting everything else that doesn't agree with that theory. And also, how did it run its course for that long? And in some people's minds, it still does. For you to actually be able to make an educated guess, I believe we need to go into Avril's background kind of in-depth, to understand where she actually comes from, what the dynamic with her family was like, or be able to see whether or not in their minds there are grounds for somebody even coming up with this. Because you have to think for somebody to actually come up with this kind of conspiracy theories, they have to at least believe that they know Avril on somewhat of a personal level. They need to at least believe that they're a fan who kind of knows the ins and outs of somebody's life in order to even be able to convince people that this is actually what she would do. I don't know, at least in my mind, that this is actually what her production team would do, that this is how this would work. Because for it to run its course for this long, I have to believe that this is somebody who thought they knew who Avril was. And you tell me what you think when I kind of tell you a bit about Avril. So, Avril was born Avril Ramona Lavigne in September of 1984. For the controversial take in an already controversial video, especially if you have listened to any interviews that Avril had done when she was younger, promoting Let Go, she sounds Canadian. In some of the more recent ones, I would maybe say she had lost a bit of her accent and sounds more, like, Americanized. However, she definitely sounds Canadian in those couple of ones, and that is because she is Canadian. She's one of the biggest Canadian artists that there are. And she was born in Belleville, in Ontario, and even before making it, even before winning that singing contest when she was only a teenager, she actually started performing from an early age. Her grandpa on her mom's side, called Maurice Eves, was born in Quebec. And he would be the member of the Royal Canadian Air Force, marrying his wife, who was a French native. Their son, and Avril's dad, Jean-Claude Lavigne, was born in 1954 in France. When Jean-Claude was a child, the family ended up moving to Canada. And in 1975, Jean-Claude would marry Judy, who would be Avril's mom. The family would name her Avril, which would be the French word for April. And her dad would say that they noticed her vocal abilities from when she was two years old. She would be singing on her way home from church, and they literally just noticed her when she was singing Jesus Loves Me. So, she had an older brother and a younger sister. However, with Avril, they immediately noticed this talent. And... The brother and the sister didn't really care for it, you know, like, it was said that both of them teased Avril, and that her brother used to knock on the wall because Avril used to sing herself to sleep, and he, of course, found this as a kid to be super annoying. However, her parents didn't, and they actually encouraged her career, especially her dad, from what I've seen. So, as this singing ability was evident, since Avril was two years old, she started performing at church and also at local events. To fight without saying a like it's all gonna be alright Don't you know how much it hurts 
This to me is actually crucial when thinking about Avril and also thinking about like is there any legitimacy to this conspiracy theory. Her family seemed to be religious as you probably already gathered just from like a brief description. So it seemed like in line with their strict Christian faith they would carefully like monitor what kind of music she was actually consuming. And this is actually why even when Avril performed like at country fairs on any events, mostly actually to do with church, she was singing songs by Shania Twain, by Garth Brooks, by The Chicks. Like she wasn't really listening to, I don't know, pop songs of the time or like something modern like that would be possibly like on the charts. And that was probably influenced by Avril and maybe her choice in music, but also probably by the parents and what kind of music they exposed her to. That is just my supposition, like nobody actually states that outright, but regardless of how you think like this inspiration for her came along, her parents supported her singing. Her dad bought her a mic, a drum kit, a keyboard, several guitars, and they would convert the basement into the studio so that Avril can perform and practice. From performing in church, in karaoke sessions, in country fairs, Avril started becoming more and more comfortable and actually writing her own music. Her first song was called Can't Stop Thinking About You, and it was about a teenage crush that she would later in interviews describe as cheesy cute. So this brings us to 1999, when Avril would win a radio contest to perform with Canadian singer Shania Twain, and this would be before the audience of 20,000 people. The two of them sang Shania's song, What Made You Say That, and Lavigne would tell her that she aspired to become as famous as Shania was at the time. Now, obviously, this kind of performance would finally expose Avril to people in the industry to really big names, like folk singer Stephen Med. Stephen would invite Avril to perform on his own songs, and she would be on his album from 1999 and then 2000. However, it wouldn't be until December of 1999 when Avril was actually singing at a bookstore in Kingston, Ontario. And this is when she was discovered by her first professional manager called Cliff Fabry. Not to go into too much detail here, but the VHS tapes, her family supporting her, recording her sing, also like all the karaoke sessions actually proved to be handy here because Fabri would send it to like other music executives. And finally, it reached the desk of one such L.A. Reed, who was the American record executive, still is from what I've seen. So in November of 2000, Avril was invited to a Manhattan studio for L.A. Reid to hear her sing. And after a 15-minute audition, Reid was so impressed that he immediately signed her to a deal worth of $1.25 million. And this would be for two albums, and then extra 900000 for her to publish in advance. 
So here, if this is correct, you see the pressure and also why those albums sort of came in like such a short period of time, let go and under my skin. Because she had signed this deal, she had to publish those songs and those albums in time in order to basically claim the money. Is that how life works? Like, you get the pressure. If you believe in the conspiracy theory, again, this is where I would find my evidence. Like, this is where I would start from. Like, she had to complete this deal, otherwise everything falls through. At this point, at the point in time when Avril signed this deal, she was very much into the skaters' clique, like into the skateboarding clique in her hometown. And here, now with the prospect of the deal, she wanted to really quit school. She wanted to drop that behind, she was never really interested in that. And finally, with this prospect of making money, doing what she liked, and with the support of her parents, she decides to do just that. So the only thing that now the studios had to do was actually form her band. And they made sure to form it with the members of Closet Monster. And this is because they wanted young performers that were Canadian, that were up and coming in the punk rock scene, in order to fit Avril's personality. Because again, you have to think where we are at in this point in time. This is early 2000s. Everything you were to hear, especially from female music artists at the time, would just be, I don't know, cheesy, pop, very chart-like, or it would be a Shania Twain, it would be like more country, I guess. There was never really an artist, you know, especially Canadian artist, that really wanted to stick to their own style, and where studios were fighting to do that for her as well. At this point, it didn't seem like they wanted her to change, and this is what appealed to Avril in the first place. With this deal ready and with a band by her side, she's now in the studio trying to create her own songs. However, there were some good collaborations, there were some songwriter-producers that were working with her. However, nobody really matched Avril's voice. She wasn't really to have like any duets, any features when it came to this first album. And it was only when Avril was to go to LA in May of 2001 and create two songs with the Matrix production team, including Complicated, which ended up being a hit, and her debut single, that the record company thought, okay, she had a major breakthrough. The way I read through that is, it's only when they let her be herself and not try to fit her into, like, the commercial image that they have had of the artists at the time, they were like, oh, we have a hit, wow, how freaking revolu revolutionary. Now, Avril is 17 years old when Let Go comes out in 2002. And just so you know the level of success we are talking, obviously, you know the hits from this one, it's the most famous songs that Avril had released, from Complicated to Skater Boy, Losing Grip, and it immediately reached number two on the Billboard 200 albums chart. It peaked in multiple countries, and at 17 years old, Avril was the youngest female soloist to have a number one album on the UK albums chart at the time. By May of 2003, Let Go had accumulated over 1 million sales in Canada, and Complicated was one of the best-selling Canadian singles of the last year of 2002, and one of the decade's biggest hits in the US. 
followed by Skater Boy and I'm With You, who also reached the top 10 in the charts. Avril would be named Best New Artist for Complicated at the 2002 MTV Music Rewards. She would also win other awards and nominations. She would get the World's Best Selling Canadian Singer Award at World Music Awards and was also nominated for eight Grammys, including Best New Artist and Song of the Year, again for Complicated. Beyond that, at this point, everybody wants her. And this is because she was seen as anti-Britney at the time. So when I say everybody, I mean more alternative magazines. So, for example, she would pose for the cover of Rolling Stone magazine in 2003. She would perform Fuel during MTV's I Contribute to Metallica. And during her first headlining tour, the Try to Shut Me Up tour, she would cover Green Day's Basket Case. So she was the more alternative version of what people saw on TV. And especially for young girls, I would suppose like this would be so powerful. I know for me it was as I was growing up to see a different range, to see like yourself possibly represented on TV if you don't identify with Britney, with Christina Aguilera, with the songs at the time, with the whole Photoshop era of the time, like you could really identify here with somebody like Avril Lavigne. What this really meant for the industry was that the studio, like the production, everybody just let the skate punk persona actually come out through this album. And this had led to her impact on the industry. Avril is considered a key musician in the development of pop-punk music, and she paved the way for female-driven, punk-influenced pop music. This is expressed through the documentary that I have mentioned in 2003 called My World that follows her on tour. It's very much her skater boy era. She's drinking beer with the bandmates in the backstage. She's on the subway. She's goofing around with everybody that she works with. She's traveling the world and you can see the style expressed. You can really see what people will consider the old Avril, the real Avril. The baggy clothes and even the stage outfits are more in that punk rock style compared to possibly her later days. This is also the time when in 2003 her granddad dies. And according to a couple of Google searches, I believe that this is true information. This is actually when it happened and we know it did because Avril actually performed on the stage. She would be going to different cities for this worldwide tour and on the stage, just after her grandpa passed away, she comes out, still decides to perform and not to cancel the whole performance and she says that she hasn't been close to very many family members. However, a couple of hours before her show, her grandpa passed away and she decided it was a very important show and that she has to do it. She dedicates the show to him and she says that she wasn't going to quit. And I've never had anybody um, close to me die before. I've never known anyone that's passed away before, so that was really shocking to me. And also, never wasn't close, haven't been close to very many family members, and I was close to him. And so that was really difficult. A couple hours before my show, and I was, you know, I could have said no, I didn't. I don't want to do the show, but I decided it's a really important show. I got to do it. 
find to be important. Avril saying that she wasn't going to quit. So before we speak about how this event triggered her supposed doppelganger's mission and Avril's death, let's describe a few traits of hers at this point in time. So I already started talking about Avril's style. And in her own words, during the decade of 2000s, and in the words of most critics and publications, Avril's first three albums were a mix of pop-punk, alternative rock, and pop-rock, and they were kind of influenced by that post-grunge sound. Her first album, Let Go, was classified as a pop-rock and alternative rock album, and at this point, sound-wise, she was mostly compared to other female artists like Alanis Morissette. When it comes to Under My Skin, musically people have noticed it's noticeably darker, and it kind of verged on new metal. So at this point, she was mostly compared to Linkin Park, Evanescence, due to that new metal influence. Further down the line, however, especially with 2007, when she released The Best Damn Thing, it seemed like she abandoned this alternative and post-grunge style in favor of these pop-punk tunes. Musically, this is when people started saying that this is a combination of cheerleader-inspired bubblegum pop melodies with punk rock riffs. And later on, in 2010s, her sound started being even more softer and poppier, characterized by pop-rock songs and really less and less of the grungy guitar-driven songs that were her signature in the Let Go days. Only recently, in 2020s, really with Bite Me, I think, with Travis Barker, people are like, oh, she's going back to her roots. It's the people that don't really believe in the conspiracy theories, but they're saying that she's going back to pop-punk, embracing some, like, emo pop angst and skate-punk influences from Green Day, Blink-182, and The Offspring. And a lot of people are kind of having still that divisive opinion on Avril and how, even if they don't believe in the conspiracy theories, there was an era where, for whatever reason, she has completely changed her style, her sound, what she sang about, and just, like, her whole image. And that is why so many people believe in the conspiracy theories, because they don't believe that Avril herself would really voluntarily 
change that. However, if she actually passed away and was replaced by somebody, well then, that person might have altered her own image and might have been giving us clues all along. I looked a bit into what Avril herself, through the interviews, you know, the press tours and stuff, said about each and every stage, and like how she herself had seen her own albums. And here yet again, I believe that is why this conspiracy theory has sparked so many people into believing in it, because she herself had agreed with mostly what people had said. So about Let Go, she actually said she preferred songs like Losing Grip, instead of her more radio-friendly singles like Complicated, saying that the songs that she did with The Matrix were good for her first record, but she didn't want to be that pop anymore. In her own words, her second album was darker because she had gone through so much. That's why she's talking about it. Boys, dating, or relationships. However, her third album, The Best Damn Thing, wasn't personal to her. She said some of the songs that she wrote didn't even mean that much to her, and that it's not like some personal thing that she was going through. Her objective in writing that album was simply to make it fun. Something that I haven't actually seen mentioned and I wanted to is nobody makes a correlation between her private life, so like who she is dating or allegedly dating, during these early albums, like during the early releases, and how that might have actually affected her. So she kind of insinuates in these interviews that I have read in like magazines and stuff. But here, from what I have seen, she has been gossiped like to be with different people at the time, but there was no, like, serious relationship that she would actually publicly state and that we would publicly know of that would lead to, to marriage or, like, just even that two of them appearing in public. And that probably also has to do with the songs, with what she talks about, her dating, basically going from teenage years and the first crushes on to something more serious. And that actually leads us to the next album. So after The Best Damn Thing came Goodbye Lullaby, her fourth album, and she said that this was a more personal one than the earlier records. She said it's more stripped down, deeper. All the songs are very emotional. Avril would say on the Late Late Show here that her fans look up to her, and that's why she made the song so personal. It's all about things that she has experienced and things that she likes or hates. She writes for herself and hopes that the fans like what she has to say. Apart from how she sees her style and, like, just in general music through the years, I think it's important that she, in her interviews, also stated that she thought to write her own music. And I think this was only a debate, quote-unquote, in her very early years. She said that she had been writing most of her songs, from what I have seen, and again, I haven't seen her being questioned on that sort of later in life. I had only seen it about Complicated Skater Boy and I'm With You, so the songs that Trio at Matrix supposedly had written. Avril had always said that she was the primary songwriter for every song on the album, stating that none of those songs aren't from me. And here, I again, in the context of the conspiracy theories, 
ask you to think about the songwriting itself. Because a lot of people will debate on her voice and how her voice might have changed, and we'll touch upon that later. However, we are to say that some of the songs for Under My Skin have been written by her if she writes her own music, which we believe that she did, and she does still to this day, but then some of the songs weren't, and they were just written by the studio, by Melissa herself. Like, Melissa has even more skills than we apparently attribute to her. She's an actress, she's a songwriter, she can suddenly sing. She isn't just, you know, a doppelganger there playing up a character for the paparazzi. But then not just that, she sort of develops throughout the years and, like, completely, yes, maybe changes from what Avril used to sing about. And then now she's suddenly coming back to her roots because it's too suspicious people have been speculating for so long. So Melissa has suddenly completely taken over and has been doing her own songwriting. If we are to actually break down this theory bit by bit, what do you think? Is it possible? Is it completely changed in terms of songwriting and what you have known Avril to sing about? compared to what she sings about today and how she writes her songs. Because that's where I think, like, are the little nuggets, if somebody is to actually take this conspiracy theory seriously, where, again, I would focus on. Her musical career and her songs wouldn't be the only thing that Avril would end up being attacked about. She had to really defend her image and her style throughout the years, or rather explain herself as to why it had changed. And she would say about this anti-Britney image in the beginning that she's not made up, but she's also not being told what to say and how to act. So people, the press probably, have to call her anti-Britney, which she is not. However, by the November of 2002, she stopped wearing ties, her signature ties that she would always have over usually white shirts. She claimed that she felt she was wearing a costume. She started making a conscious effort to keep her music and not her image at the forefront of her career. And eventually, she would start talking about her image and justifying it less and less. The last thing I found was from 2009 interview, where, again, she was kind of asked to discuss her image and what she dresses and how that reflects who she is at the time. And she said she has to fight to keep her image really her. She's not going to wear skanky clothes that show off her curves, even though she has a great body. Now, eventually, she took on a more gothic style as she began her second album, Under My Skin, and promo pictures of that album reflect that as well. And she started switching the skating outfits to black tutus, developing an image marked by anger. And if you listen to anything I said before in terms of, like, these albums and when this album came out after her grandfather's death, it matches the songs at the time, everything just matches the emotional energy of the album, the deeper lyrics, she's angry about the death of a family member, and she's just self-aware about who she is at every stage in her life. I don't know how you see it, but that's the way I see it. It's the style, 
matches the whole style of the album. Like, I don't see any discrepancies, as so many people claim to be. It's just, at this point, she's feeling more emotional, she's making a more emotional album, she's dressed in all black. 2007, she has lived through, like, three more years, she's writing maybe a bit lighter, she's writing the music that is lighter, she's dressed in pink tutus, she's wearing wigs in the videos, she's experimenting. And you have to think about how much of that influence is actually by the studios. Again, from what I have seen, the best damn thing is produced by a different studio than the first albums. So RCA Records produced this one and they have produced artists like music and albums from anybody from Doja Cat to Miley Cyrus, so really big artists that again have had a shift in their careers and have maybe become more commercialized in a way at some point in their career and then maybe again with those artists especially, I'm pointing them out, RCA Studios produced a ton of other albums by a ton of other artists, but you're thinking about like people who have reinvented themselves only to maybe go back to their roots later, you can kind of see the same pattern in Avril's life. The last I would see as to Avril's own comment about the changes in style, especially because she was questioned constantly about the best damn thing and how she had changed into more feminine outfits, the tight jeans, and sometimes changed converses to heels all of a sudden. For Harper's Bazaar, she would say, I don't really regret anything. You know, the ties and the wife beaters and all, it had its time and place. And now I'm all grown up and I've moved on. Again, something that actually just occurred to me, but if you have ever seen Avril on the red carpet, like especially, yes, in the past couple of years, nobody actually puts that into the perspective of the conspiracy theory. Like, she dresses, yes, still sort of true to herself, but again, she's not dressed constantly in her white beaters, as she's saying, like in her skater boy outfits. She has moved on from that point on. Like, that was her hobby, basically, and everything to her in her early teenage years, and then she signed a million-dollar deal and decided to eventually move on. Like, of course, she's going to change her style with years. Yes, maybe not as drastically as people have expected it, but nobody really puts, like, her red carpet performance, or just, like, her appearances on different music awards into the perspective, and how she dresses completely differently, she's not wearing ties during those types of events. That little sideline aside, in our timeline, that brings us to 2011, and that blog post and rumors apparently started circulating circa 2005. However, first of all, we don't know who is behind this blog post. I have tried to dig I have read the whole blog post and it only says it's only signed by administrator. We don't know why they would wait for eight years if the rumors started in 2005. Not even eight years. If they knew in 2003 that Avril had died at her house and that this was inspired by her grandfather's death, why wait? Why wait until 2011 to expose something like this? How would somebody be sitting on something like this and wait for this many years? I don't know. Yet again, you tell me what you think. 
But this is where we go into the unhingedness of this blog post. So I'm just going to sort of read out a couple of sentences because there's some paragraphs here that are just borderline insane. So it gives a sort of a background story of Avril Lavigne being discovered by L.A. Reid, um, the information about her first album, Let Go, that she was just a teenager, that's why the doppelganger was introduced, in order for her to basically have somebody to avoid paparazzi. And it asks you to put yourself in her shoes. Think how hard it can be on the head of a girl her age. There is a long list of celebrities who can't stand the pressure of fame and end up in depression or drugs, and it wouldn't have been different with Avril. And then out of the bluest blue, we get to the most unhinged paragraph. No context, no explanation. This is what it says. But this is still not the evidence that she would have died. I'm just contextualizing so you can understand everything further. Remembering that it is difficult to say how she would have died exactly, but everything here will be presented based on their messages, the original and the supposed doppelganger in their songs. Lavigne, surrounded by her personal problems, felt that her life was no longer the same. One day, when looking for her parents at home to vent, she simply found the house empty and would have committed suicide by hanging, based on the lyrics of Nobody's Home and My Happy Ending. Seeing the photos below that Avril apparently didn't walk very well when she was caught off stage. That A is so, so morbid that somebody just decided like this is going to be the method that she is going to die in this fictional, very fictional story of Avril's life. And this person, like, I just admire Avril so much because she has been walking through like since 2011 through her life knowing that a blog post killed her off. It's just so bizarre to me. Somebody's just walking around being like, yep, there's a whole conspiracy theories and I can't convince people that I'm still very much alive, even though it's literally me right here, right now, walking around. However, it's just how morbid it is that this is how they decide to kill her off in this weird fan fiction. I guess this is how Wattpad makes money. I don't know, I just find it so freaking bizarre that there is fanfic out there and people can write about any famous person, anything they freaking want. But because this is the precedent of how this blog post is written, they have outlined in this way where they jump from one point to the next that don't make any sense. They have outlined 10 reasons, 10 reasons, 10 actually evidence points about how this conspiracy theory is actually correct. However, because of the way this is written, I've actually put some structure into it, and we are going to go through the points that conspiracy theorists believe. The blog post claims that there is 10 points, 10 points of evidence of why Avril is dead and she was replaced by Melissa Mandela. I brought it down to four because the rest is just repetition. It's just repeating itself. And I'll explain more. I'll actually point out because they put it 1 to 10. So number one point is the subliminal messages. So let's go into more detail on that. So Avril dies after her grandpa passes away. She decides to die by suicide and then Melissa takes over. However, Melissa is just, for whatever reason, again, wants to insinuate to the world, wants to let them know what had happened, what everybody is covering up. 
So there were messages on the CD under my skin from cover, booklet to lyrics, and more hidden messages in the video clips of any of the songs on that album. As we already started on that topic, the most evidence is through these messages and through the songs that were performed by Melissa, supposedly. So, we know that the second album was released in 2004, and in our timeline, Under My Skin has to be released after Avril's death. The reasoning for the subliminal messages in the album, the cover, the lyrics, according to the blog posts, maybe the initial idea was just to hush the case up for a while, to complete the release of the new album, but then it ended up taking bigger proportions, and they lost control of the situation. So, the album is released, and this is when we have the new Avril. Before we even dive into the lyrics, this is the blog post's opinion on why everything from the cover is an insinuation, is a clear as light clue that Avril is actually dead and that she's replaced by Melissa. Note that the name Avril Lavigne is written in black, representing mourning for the singer, and new Avril herself is in black, with a red cross on her shoulder. The name under my skin is in red. The cover colors seem to suggest mourning and bloodshed. If the new Avril was wanting to pass on some hidden messages, she managed. The booklet of this CD is totally obscure and gloomy. The new Avril poses for photos always with a sad and morbid expression, sometimes lying on the floor as if she wanted to say something. This is when uh, we come to 1A, if you wish, and that is the whole Ivan Taubenfeld, the guitarist, side plot. And this is the most bizarre to me as a piece of evidence as somebody using common fucking sense, because, first of all, the premise here is that he decided to leave the band. And people are saying, well, he left the band because he couldn't, you know, like, just bear the thought that his friend and bandmate has passed away and that they're scamming the world like this with this new imposter. So I looked into why Ivan left the band. So the most logical thing was to just do a quick Google search, quite literally, why Ivan Taubenfeld left Avril Lavigne. That is all. That is all you had to do. And the reasoning is he gave interviews on this, saying that he wasn't doing what he loved when he was performing with Avril. He wasn't fronting a band, singing his own music, and he just couldn't do it anymore. So the last three years of his life, when he was still performing with Avril, were amazing, and he just wasn't 100% happy. He basically wanted to have his own career. So he left the band in September of 2004, and he was signed as a staff writer with EMI Music Publishing, after which he would actually end up getting his own recording contract later. So, according to the conspiracy theory, however, this isn't what happened. Ivan hears about the death, right? He hears that his friend died, and then Avril's lookalike, so Melissa, asks him for the help on the project. So, they want to sing this song still together, and Ivan, even though he knows that his friend and somebody he has been working with for three years, he's like, no, this is a good idea, we are going to perform this song called Best Years of Our Lives together with me and this new imposter in this life in order for the world to buy that Avril is still alive. 
I guess. So he leaves the band and they write the farewell song and he records it with Melissa. Again, important in this conspiracy theory that this person knows of all of this, has been a bandmate and has now written a song with the doppelganger. The song lyrics go like this. I'd never thought this could ever end. I'd never thought I'd lose my best friend. Everything is different now. Can we stop the world from turning? This is where I would love to know what do you think? Like, cause whichever way I turn this piece of evidence, I can't make it make sense. Like, why would somebody who was a bandmate of Avril's, if we were to believe this theory, why would they suddenly hear of her death? Like, and then decide, okay, no, we were close enough, actually, not for me to tell the world what had happened, but rather for me to continue living a lie and create music with a doppelganger of hers and then release that and then, like, I part my ways and I never speak about this again. Again, sitting on a crucial piece of information and not doing anything about it. It just seems like a lot of people from Avril's parents who, again, had quite a close, somewhat close relationship, at least, as she was growing up. They supported her decisions and her career. Maybe she wasn't as close with them, because she would say that on stage later on, maybe because of the religious reasons. It would match the appearance, it would match her trying to rebel later on. But, like, from her parents to anybody else in her life, all of these bandmates that were in the documentary My World, no, everybody apparently, according to this, would be in the know, or would realize themselves, would know that there was this doppelganger as well, because if she is there, Melissa, that is, avoiding the paparazzi and stuff, and everybody just kept this top secret. Just that, for all these years, decades, just nobody spilled the beans, nobody said anything about it. Seems, seems legit. And that brings us to back to number one, which is subliminal messages. We have to talk about more lyrics, because this is where the blog gets so, so much more morbid. Like, you would think it's morbid already? No, it overanalyzes every single song on Under My Skin. Not every single one, but, like, a lot of them that are supposedly written by Melissa, who is trying to give us clues about Avril, about her death, and trying to give us the clues about actually what happened. So, we have song like Take Me Away, where the lyrics go, all I do is hide all the pain, I thought I knew, all my thoughts turn to you. Back to what was never said, back and forth inside my head, I can't deal with this mess. In the song Together, Avril clearly tells us that she is living a lie. Slipped Away explains to us the motivation, because it is dedicated to her grandpa, where she says, now you're gone, now you're gone, there you go, there you go, somewhere I can't bring you back. My happy ending tells us about the method of her death, the method that she chose in order to die by suicide. Don't leave me hanging in a city so dead, held up so high on such a breakable thread. The blog writer themselves would state that they have never seen a singer change her style of singing, writing, dressing, and behaving as much as Avril Lavigne did. And everyone was talking about it at the time. Everyone was talking about the sudden and radical change in Avril's style and personality. 
I, uh, it wasn't just the style or the way of dressing that changed. Her style is different, her musicality is different, the lyrics follow another line. In short, she is someone else. And to this I say, who the hell is this blog post writer? Again, I can't find their identity, I can't find Melissa Vandela online, but I can't find this blog post writer. Like, are you a professional? Like, is this, like, are you in, in music? Do you work as a record executive? It's like, I have never seen such change. Like, I will include some professional opinion later, and they have indeed said that they had seen such changes before. People can change musically. And they are a professional person. Like, multiple people have been saying that, yes, she has changed her voice. Because she has changed her voice. Because people can do it. It, it happens. People have, like, musical training. But I digress, because this person, clearly, whoever the hell they are, they must know what they're talking about. And this is where we go to the analysis of Nobody's Home, because this is where we have a music video. And this music video has been taken apart. Literally, the clips that last a split second, a split second, have been taken apart. In Nobody's Home, Avril says, her feelings she hides, her dreams she can't find. She's losing her mind. She was left behind, she can't find her place, she's losing her faith, she fell from grace. This is where I would suggest pausing this video, going on YouTube, watching Nobody's Home by Avril Lavigne, the official video, because there is a director's cut and the blog has wild things to say about the director's cut. God forbid you decide on their watch to make a director's cut, to make a different freaking edition. Go watch it, come back to this video with your own opinion, not knowing what I'm about to say, and tell me what you thought about this video. So there are two characters in it, right? Okay. First of all, before we even get to the characters, the blog says at 0.03 seconds there's an inverted image that appears and you see Strat Sound 35 as if it was in a mirror. This refers to the fact that New Avril is the mirror of the old one physically. Still, at 3 seconds, there's a letter A. Again, these things flash out to you in split seconds, but no, you have to watch it in slow motion to see the letter A appear. And there's a plus sign, and then the letter D from dead. In the clip, you see Avril singing. So there's a character one, and Avril is playing the story in the clip. Instead of hiring an actress, she is the one that plays both roles. She's wearing a wig to show that she is somebody else. That way, we have two different characters with the same face. Melissa has been telling us all along. Like, imagine this person watching Hannah Montana. Like, they were confused. They must have been so shocked. Like, they were actually the only person shocked when Hannah Montana revealed to Lily that she's actually Hannah. Was the name of Hannah's best friend Lily? This show must be everything, and yet you can't remember the names of the characters. Fake fan. It was Lily, and then she was with Oliver. This is not a Hannah Montana channel, but this channel, Mysteries with Maya, hinges on overthinking, and this isn't where the analysis of nobody's home stops on this blog. Like, even I don't overthink this way. So, we have character one, okay? Nobody's home. We're still on it. We're still on it, guys. Bear with me. The character one wears all black. It's it's Avril, she's wearing all black. Rather, it's Melissa. It's Melissa, so sorry. Get so confused when they look so similar. The fact that she wears all black, just like with the cover of Under My Skin, means that she's in mourning. 
the musicians are playing the violin, but there's no violin in the music, they would be representing a funeral. Character 2 asks for a ride. Why? Why would a character 2 ask for a ride? It shows that Avril was wanting to get away from everything. Maybe it also means that Avril first tried to disguise herself and run away somewhere else. Character 2 plays the guitar. It shows that she was also a singer. At 2.06, she also sings in front of a mirror. It's a mirror. It's a reflection, but not the same person. Mirrors. Mirrors work in mysterious ways. How was he done, though? How was he done? Character 2 calls her mother Major Clue. It would mean Avril called her family and let them know she decided to go home, see them, and tell them she's not well. But the mother acts as if she can't take her depression, as if she can't take her mental health any longer. So at 3.15, there's another clue. Joining the letters that appear, you have Avril 2004. Before that, there's an X that appears on top of character 1 and disappears, as if it's marking her, just like X on Under My Skin cover. It's like, she's gone. She, she's gone. And then follows the letters and numbers that add up to Avril 2004. Then once again, the X marks character 1. It means that character 1 is Avril 2004. And character 2 then represents the old woman who decided to die by suicide in 2003. To see it, the blog suggests you watch this video in slow motion, containing only the parts that they have just told you to watch. So only the parts that really fit into their theory. You do that. Yeah, now you go rewatch it and you tell me, do you see any of that? Now, that's not everything. There's one more strange thing. Remember? The director's cut. Mm -hmm. According to the blog, there is a version of the clip where the codes, this is what they call the clues, and the scene in which the mother appears are cut. So like the first initial scenes, like the supposed mirror and stuff, they're cut. And there are other different scenes that do not appear in the first one. And then they give you the link to check it out, and the link leads to director's cut. And it's like, yeah, they decided to switch it about. It's a director's decision. But yeah, they are maybe have decided that it's too obvious and have to hide the clues, depending again what you believe. So the only explanation is that subliminal messages through these songs, as most of the album was done, are there introduced by Melissa to give us the clues. We're almost done with Under My Skin, and I'm gonna just talk about one promo picture here, and then we'll move on to other points. Here, I just wanted to pause because of one thing, and that is that I haven't seen this discussed. Like, there is discussion of motivations, as in, like, why would Melissa do something like this? Why would she, you know, insinuate subliminally all of these messages, put them into songs, into the videos, things like that, try to sort of stay true to herself while living somebody else's life. Like, motivations of why she would have taken over aren't unclear to me. Like, Avril was filthy rich by the point in 2003 when she was working on her second album. Like, her first album was a success. Of course, you would want to continue that career, and that part makes sense to me. Like, if you had aspirations to become a celebrity, cool, already makes sense. Wanted to be an actress, 
decided to become a musician. However, that's it. Like, apart from her being a lookalike, apart from the looks and the change in style, what nobody really discusses is beyond that. Did Melissa never have her own aspirations? Apparently she was an actress, but now decided to go into music decided she can sing, she can pull this off. Did she not have a type in terms of who she dates, who she sees, who she marries? Because if she had taken over Avril's life, Avril doesn't exist. This is Melissa who has dated famous band members, who had dated like other famous people. This is Melissa that you see on the red carpet. This is her taking over every single aspect of her life. And unless personality-wise, psychology-wise, everything internally-wise, Melissa is the doppelganger of Avril's. If she is really the same person, that doesn't make sense. Wouldn't she at some point do something that would make somebody who knows Avril, who knew Avril, who was in her vicinity, suspect like, oh, this is not how Avril would have reacted, behaved? what she would have done in this particular circumstance. So, beyond the looks, beyond her being a lookalike, there are fans that have speculated, like, Avril wouldn't have done this commercial for, like, a slimming product, or, like, Avril wouldn't have said this in an interview, but, like, somebody from Avril's life, I haven't really seen that, where people in her vicinity actually suspected, like, oh, no, this is an imposter. This is somebody else. And those are types of quotes or interviews that I would possibly believe in. But you don't see that. You only see people on the internet speculating and nobody really close to Avril ever giving this theory any sort of validity. To wrap up the album Under My Skin, we have this promo picture of Avril just looking pretty much like herself from this period of time, like how she used to dress with her hair parted in the middle, with her hair sort of in front of her, like, on her shoulders. However, this isn't what people are focusing on here. Rather, they're focusing on what's on the shirt, or when I say people, the blog post writer. It says that the shirt would represent Avril dead, or worse, it could be a real picture of Lavin's dead body. In fact, it's unrecognizable, but we have to consider two things. One, that Avril would be without makeup, with her hair cut and tied, and with a few days of death, which already changes her appearance. And another, that the photo is modified with the effect, inverted colors, like a negative, and then in grayscale. Just coincidence? Question mark. Whether it's a representation or a photo of Avril herself, the fact is that this is at least weird. Overthinking at its best, or its worst, whichever way you want to think about it. So, now, still on point number one, may I add so, let us discuss some of the later works that Avril did. And here, yet again, <laughs> when it comes to these conspiracy theories, sometimes it just baffles me, we start going away from the lyrics. Like, the blog post mentions the part of the song The Best Damn Thing, how much different it is. It mentions the Hello Kitty song, and it mentions how, just in general, the music had changed to, like, more popier 
tunes and with Hello Kitty like cultural appropriation and it was just fucking weird. And she's wearing pink tutus and like in a lot of songs she's wearing heels, all of that. But it starts being about like style change rather than Melissa leaving us subliminal messages in the lyrics. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, the part of the song, The Best Damn Thing, is actually the last mention of the subliminal messages in the songs that Melissa had ever left. And there's obviously other songs on that album from 2007. So the part here that the blog post refers to is You Know We Longer Get so the part here that the blog post refers to is, like it or not, even if she looks a lot like me, we are not the same. The new Avril here may be saying she's here to stay, whether you like it or not, but no longer as a subliminal message, but as a personal self-affirmation. That is, she will not live in the shadow of an old one, she will live her dream of Cinderella, which by a magic stroke turned her into a star overnight. And that is Melissa basically telling us, like, there's no subliminal messages any longer, because this is me, I have taken over, and you can deal with it, like it or not. And from that point on, that's why the commentary is mostly focusing on just the style, and with the song Hello Kitty, the cultural appropriation, and just how much Avril had just strayed away from who she really was. When Avril released the video for the Hyper Kawaii, which is the culture of cuteness in Japan, the track for Hello Kitty in 2014, people were confused beyond the cultural appropriation and just how wrong it was. It introduced a different Lavigne to the fans that people had known. She's in pink tutu, she's in colorful clothes with like different streaks of color in her hair, and people are wondering where are the gloves, where is the tie, where is just her hair parted in the way that we are used to it being parted. What happened to the skater boy Avril? So this is what sparked even further the conspiracy theory here, because people have started wondering can it be that she changed that much, or is this Melissa fully taking over and showcasing her own style? Finally, again, going back to what I have said, eventually she would have been breaking through and being like, no, this is actually who I am, this is actually my own mark, and I'm finally going to move away from the subliminal messages and actually leave my own mark and give, you know, my own stamp to who Abril truly was. One thing is changing your own style, though, and, like, leaving a mark that way. However, how would have Melissa changed her whole voice? How is she doing it? How is she singing like Avril? How did she actually train herself? Like, if we are to suppose that Avril had passed away prior to her death, being hired by the studio, or in the months after, to match the style and the songs that Avril had already written, and then just continues singing in a way where people didn't suspect it. Well, here, according to the conspiracy theories, the question is more, what if she hasn't? What if the voice is actually the biggest clue, because it's completely different? If the copyright allows me, I will play you this video where there's a comparison of the two voices next to each other. 
and according to the blog post, the original, Avril has a more mezzo-like voice, where the double is a soprano. Maybe that's why the double, Melissa, would have had difficulty interpreting some songs, like Avril did before, when it comes to the low tone. As an example, usually people use Complicated because it is such a big tune and the studio version compared to like her later performances of the same song. And they say that when Avril sings Chill Out, What You're Yelling For, the 4 is usually very low and corresponds to the note F. However, the old Avril mastered the bass better than the new one. So when the new Avril sings these lines, so when the new Avril sings these lines, the last words for, before, etc. are always out of tune. And with the original Avril, the tone is well defined. The note F appears as it would be in the score or on the CD recorded in the studio. And this is where I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube and discovered this channel which is really freaking cool if you are actually into musical artists, into voice recording, into any voice coaching, and it's called Voice Hacks. She's a legit YouTuber, she is a music coach herself, a voice coach rather, and what she did is a really good comparisons of Avril's songs in 2003 and then 2007, which is the Best Damn Thing era. She said, in summary, that the keys haven't changed. They sound different because the color of the voice is different. In earlier recordings, we hear a much darker tone, and the reason for that is that we have two completely different environments. of a concert in 2003 to a concert in 2007. So the conspiracy theorists would say that the voices are different in 2003 and 2007, and therefore, in their eyes, that supports their conspiracy theory that Avril Lavigne is not the real Avril Lavigne anymore. But I actually disagree. So there's a few factors here that we really need to take a look at. One is that these are not at all a fair comparison. First of all, I'm not going to insult you as the viewer and tell you that these two voices did not sound a little different, and they definitely do. So you are hearing a difference between the 2003 video and the 2007 video. But the reasons why is not because 
this person has been replaced by another person. There are a lot more logical reasons and valid explanations for this. So the first thing I usually ask myself when I'm doing this stuff is, what key is the original in and what key is the comparison in? And we can see that the original is in the same key as the comparison. So we haven't changed keys at all, which would be a pretty big indicator that maybe the person's uh, voice could have changed. And so we're looking that these are exactly in the same key. Fe-yay-yays. That's right there around E. E flat and E phase, and it's the same in both um, videos. So we know that these are in, they're singing the same key, but the timbre, the color of their voice, is kind of different, right? Why is Avril's voice so much darker in the 2003 recording than it is in the 2007 recording? That's what we would call a brighter sound. So bright versus dark, same notes, same vocalist, I believe. So what could explain that? A few things. Many of these comparison videos, I went around and looked at some other comparison videos on YouTube to see if um, I could more clearly hear the hear what was going on. And I noticed that many of them reference, reference the same arena concert, the same footage from 2003. So number one, we're hearing them in two completely different environments with two totally different audio captures. I don't actually know if this footage that I'm seeing is a board feed or where we're getting this audio from. And I can tell you that in the 2003 arena footage, we really hear a lot of low-end frequencies being represented. And in the 2007 footage, I can hardly hear any low-end at all, frequency-wise. doesn't necessarily mean instruments. It has to do with EQ and frequencies and sound waves and what you can hear. So if you're new to audio production, you might not notice that. It's not necessarily a fair comparison. We have two totally different environments, audio settings, and microphones and processing channels that these people's vocals are going through. So that's number one, is this is not a good, the only way you could really um, compare fairly as far as the environment is concerned and have it not be a factor is if you had her singing in the exact same studio, in the exact same microphone, through the exact same signal processing chain in 2003 and afterwards. There were low-end frequencies in 2003, but the only fair comparison would be if it's Avril singing in the same studio, into the same microphone, and if you can do that, then those recordings can be compared fairly. And I completely agree with this, not just because she knows what the hell she's talking about, but like the footage that people compare, the audio that people compare, some of it is just in a concert in front of like the audience of 20,000 people and more, some of it is just really bad recording, like really shitty mic, I'm like you can't compare possibly the two. However, what VoiceHacks account has also stated is that Avril is mezzo, like, so that is how she sings. However, it's clear that she has had vocal lessons. That there were two people that listed Avril as their client, and that her singing voice has vastly improved in the lighter tone, that she is much more able to belt the higher notes. That Avril's larynx has relaxed and she can belt those higher notes now, and something that nobody mentions, not even this channel, is Avril had actually been diagnosed with Lyme disease. 
in 2015, if I remember right. We'll mention it down the line. And that can also change what your voice sounds like. So to conclude, this channel doesn't believe that there is a fair comparison from anything that she had analyzed. There's no like two same recordings between those years that can lead to somebody like actually concluding what the public had concluded, that she had had vocal coaching, and that, yes, she sounds different because of her larynx relaxing and because of her being able to bat, like, higher notes, something that she wasn't able to do in her early career. Now, beyond the voice, to provide a perfect con, you have to match the style. So here we go to point number three, or rather five points on this blog post. And I'm going to put them up on the screen because they were just worded differently, but they're all about the exact same thing. The sudden change in way of being, the old Avril never would have worn these types of clothes, the old Avril would um, have never shown her body to the cameras, the old Avril would have never try to act more pop compared to how apparently Melissa does, and then different faces, mainly the nose, confirmed by whoever they have treated as a specialist on their end. So a couple of points here, and this is the, the one where we have most photographic evidence, let's say, but it's the most pointless photographic evidence ever, because Truly, all of the pictures that I will be showing you could just be, again, different environments, different lighting, different Photoshop, anything. Like, anything. <laughs> I cannot describe to you. So, her skin, Avril's skin, has been brought into question by the blog, because the speculations are that there's a couple of inconsistencies in her skin. That there is a different mole pattern when it comes to, in particular, Avril's left arm. And that apparently here, the left picture would be Melissa, and then there's just like a different pattern of moles on the picture of Avril from back in the day. Then there's different moles on the forehead, like in between her eyebrows, that apparently aren't there anymore. Again, even just from the glance at these pictures, you can see it's different lighting, you can see some of it might be Photoshop, her hair is parted differently, so make out of it what you would like. It, the blog posts and different conspiracy theories also claim that her hair and makeup has completely changed, like the way she does her makeup, and also the way she parts her hair, that in the later pictures, there's no parting always in the middle, that her hair is usually pushed like behind the shoulders, behind the ears, which is something that old Avril never would have done. From the wavier hair, we go on to the nose, and the nose is such a pain point for people who believe or disbelieve this theory, because Avril never came clean on this type. I haven't found anything where she publicly said that she had had any plastic surgery, including her nose. And now you have two sides of the internet, the side that believes in conspiracy theories and believes that the nose is a major point that Melissa is the new Avril and that she has been replaced and that the old Avril is dead, and then there are people that clearly say that she has had some work done on her nose. It's just that Avril never fed into any of it, and that makes people absolutely lose their freaking minds.
The next bit on her physical appearance, and a crucial one in so many people's minds, is Avril's height. So, Avril supposedly averaged 158 in 2002, but the new Avril is shorter. According to many websites, she is now at 155. So, most websites, like the general Google search first pages, on a lot of links, like, it does show that Avril is 155 meters tall. And this, again, can either mean that she had shrunk, three centimeters, that she had lied about her height, or that just nobody bothered to check, nobody bothered to actually measure, like, nobody bothered to check how tall she is with high heels on now, or, like, how shorter she was when she was wearing Converse's back in the day. So, several websites online cannot actually agree, and Avril, of course, didn't bother to, like, confirm or, like, dispel any theories. But here it's like the original Avril, yeah, she wore all-star style sneakers, but the new one, she prefers heels. So, people are starting to wonder, like, well, that doesn't make sense, because apparently the new Avril is shorter. If she was actually 158, she's shorter now, but she's wearing heels more often. So, how does this make sense? Did she shrink in size? When I first read this, sorry, it's not even funny, it's not even funny. When I first read this, I thought that people meant like she <laughs> she grew taller. And I was like, okay, none of it makes sense. It doesn't make sense that she shrunk in her like 20s and 30s, but also it doesn't make sense that she grew taller then because she stopped growing as a freaking teenager. But I genuinely thought like people didn't realize how heels worked. And I was like, oh god. <laughs> Oh, this is even worse as evidence than I thought it was. But hey, in some people's minds, this is strong evidence. It's strong evidence that the internet pages cannot agree on Avril's height. You make out of it whatever the hell you want at this point. <laughs> whatever the hell you want. Not only did Avril's physical appearance change, though, number four on my list of evidence... Oh, so that means that's the last one. Wow. Time flies by when you're having fun. Number four is the signature, and something that I put, it's just literally, this is me running out of evidence, shut up, little child, is Avril's signature and her handwriting changing, and then also this random picture of her having Melissa written on her wrist. Okay, so the blog post has this to say about Avril's autobiograph... autograph? <laughs> you lost the ability to speak. So, the blog post has this to say about Avril's autograph. Now, stop to think about something. If an artist died and was replaced by a lookalike, what would he do when signing an autograph? Well, he would have two options. Try to imitate the old autograph, create a new autograph... Well, look how curious. Lavigne changed her autograph, too. Word by word, I didn't make this sound, like, catchy. I can't do that. And the only proof that people post that I have seen everywhere is this picture of... I think these were, like, the lyrics inside of an album, inside of a cover, and then her wishing people Happy New Year. So, 
I looked at her signatures and there seems to be two different ones that she kind of alternates between. I haven't seen like the comparison again of signatures like 2003 and 2007, so the ones I've seen online, I think she oscillates like when she uh, signs her guitar and her CD covers, she does it in one thing and when it's an autograph it's obviously a bit messier. She doesn't have as much time to sign like thousands of autographs. Just again think about how these are signed and then sent like in pre-releases and things like that, so obviously they would look a bit different. As for the handwriting again, I don't see it. We are talking handwritten notes to fans here and here there's no further supporting evidence. Speaking of handwriting, there's another picture. And according to a Vice article, this is a supposed promo picture for Under the Skin, with Melissa as a name written on Avril's hand. Other people in their analysis of the conspiracy theories have said that this might be just her giving a shout-out to a fan, like why would it be a promo picture, it doesn't really make sense, or it could be Avril giving herself some press if he died down, because if she heard about this conspiracy theory, why not? Why the hell not? Like, give herself some publicity by putting the name Melissa on her knuckles. The blog post summary of Avril being dead gives us 10 reasons. I brought them down to four. So, legit arguments or not is my question to you at this point. Because now we're gonna go into where this theory is now, and then Avril's opinions on it, and the legacy of Avril, and truly do we really believe that this is true, what this blog post has stated in 2011, and then denied four years later. So, in 2013, according to only one source, there was another conspiracy theory, and that was that Avril died in an accident when she was snowboarding and vacationing in the ski resort in Vancouver in British Columbia. Again, only one paragraph on it online on a random freaking website, so apparently just the world wants Avril dead, I don't understand, I just cannot, I just actually cannot understand, but according to this one article, witnesses indicated that Avril lost control of her snowboard and struck a tree at a high rate of speed. She was airlifted by ski patrol teams to a local hospital. However, it is believed that the musician died instantly from the impact of the crash. No proof provided. Because why? Only one source, but it gives you the idea. Because I told you in 2015, a blog admin admitted that this was a lie. Yet, well, this tweet summarizes everything, people's opinions on this for us even today. In 2021, somebody put this picture from the VMAs, the interview that Avril was doing, and her name is in inverted commas. <laughs> and people have started, of course, fueling, fueling the fire, saying everybody knows it's Melissa. Like, whoever edited this knew exactly what they were doing. They just knew exactly what they were doing, and it just explains to you where people's minds are when it comes to this conspiracy theory. It's just... 
a joke to people at this point and I wonder yet again like do they know the origins of this story? Do they know all of the details that I have told you? And do they realize how stupid, stupid this freaking conspiracy theory is? I can't believe I made like a two hour long video on it. But we had to do it, okay? We had to do it and we put it behind us in the past. In 2015, again, this theory had um, a life on its own because it actually rose in popularity. And I think this is what inspired the blog post writer to actually come clean and say like, hey, I never said this. I was always questioning your opinion on it. And this started with a BuzzFeed article where Ryan Broderick actually said that the opening line of the original blog post admits that this theory is a hoax and that this blog was created to show how conspiracy theories can look true. Then there was a whole thread on Twitter where a high school student posted the bunch of claims, like what people considered evidence, about Avril dying and being replaced in late 2003. At this moment in time, however, in 2015, Avril herself is diagnosed with Lyme disease. Lyme disease, I didn't know anything about this. It's a bacterial infection that spreads to humans by infected ticks. And it's easier to treat when diagnosed early. However, here I don't think that Avril was diagnosed early, just judging by the few interviews that I have watched. And if it's not diagnosed early, the symptoms can be compared to chronic fatigue syndrome. And Avril herself had said that she was constantly tired, having loss of energy, and it can last for years. In Avril's case, I believe it lasted for months. She said she became bedridden, and she always talks about how it completely changed her outlook on life. You would think, hearing something like this, whether or not you're a fan, you would drop it on the conspiracy theory, at least a bit. But of course, the conspiracy theorist would not hear of it. There was the picture that circulated back in 2015 where people would say that this is Avril in a grocery store buying cheese when she was supposedly bedridden because of Lyme disease. So the idea here isn't that Avril is lying about Lyme disease. It's more like this proves that this is Melissa because she isn't actually bedridden because Melissa doesn't have Lyme disease. You tell me, you tell me what this post proves. For me, it doesn't even look like Avril, but again, I will let you make your own decisions. I'm just reporting on the facts, quote-unquote, of this story. This brings us finally to the blog post writer apologizing in 2015. In this Facebook post, on the page that yet again I cannot actually find on Facebook right now, they said that their intention was never to offend anyone. They just created a theory to see people's reactions. If you look, you will realize that in some places I have some clues that it was only a theory and not a fact. For example, when I put on the blog from the beginning, alleged singer Avril Lavigne death. In other words, it's just a guess. If you want to believe she's dead, it's your choice, but I say that everything was just a theory created by me. My question to this person is why did it have to be so morbid? Why did the choice of how you kill off Avril in this fan fiction of yours, why did it have to be so morbid? Like, it's so bizarre to me that people don't focus on that. Why? Out of nowhere, for no reason, no motivation, like, no, there was no storytelling. Like, if it's like a Wattpad freaking story, if it's just like a fictional story about a character and it's so 
morbid and sinister, it's about their supposed death and their life being taken by a doppelganger, at least make it good, at least make me believe in it. It just doesn't happen and I have done a freaking whole ass deep dive on it, trying to offer you both sides and it didn't happen. But this Facebook group, as I mentioned, doesn't exist anymore, but people still try to find any reason to spark the theories. Like Avril never promoting a secret bar, the jig is up, Melissa. So what is Avril say in all of this? As I said, I wanted to give you the perspective of being in her shoes, when someone kills you off for a few years. So in 2014, for the Brazilian press, they finally decided to question Avril when she was touring there. I was reading on the internet and some people say that you 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 were died and is the clone of you? Have you read about this? I, I didn't hear about it. I just hear about it from... I'm hearing about it from you. But there are proofs that you're not Avril Lavigne. Well, I'm here. <laughs> and I'm in Brazil. No, yeah, no Avril Lavigne. It's a clone. Can you tell... And in this interview, she would say she's there, in Brazil. She's not dead. People are just bored and need something to talk about. In most of these interviews, whether or not I can play them, to summarize them, she doesn't seem like she cares about it in much detail. She even knows about it in much detail. Like, she knows roughly about the theory. So, it's like, the knowledge that I had maybe going into it. I don't think she knows about all the morbid details that I have told you today. And she just says in this Facebook Live, I think this was, it just doesn't make any sense to her because some people focus on how she hasn't aged, which is two completely opposite things, if you really think about it. Even if Melissa took over, well, Melissa would have then aged. However, there's like a divide of people believing in the conspiracy theory and then others believing like, oh, she has just never aged, she has looked completely the same. And that contradicts the conspiracy theory. Yeah, it is weird. Um, I think they don't have anything else to talk about right now. So at least they're talking. And I, and I think it's like really silly that anyone would even believe that. But yeah, it's this huge rumor. It's not even just a rumor. It's that I'm dead. It's, aren't they saying like that? Like I'm, I'm an Im imposter. I'm an imposter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like that different, but then at the same time, other people will say that I haven't aged, and they'll take pictures of me from like way back and like now, and be like, "Oh my gosh, she doesn't age; she looks the same." So it kind of doesn't really make any sense. I think people are just bored and they need something to talk about. In 2018, she was interviewed for a radio show in Australia, and here she said, some people think that I'm not the real me, which is so weird. Like, why would they even think that? The radio hosts here, however, bring a point that is brought up a lot in this case, and that is that Avril never actually flat out denied that she had been replaced, and suggested that technological difficulties during the interview were suspicious coincidence. And again, that is a big part of the evidence that people use in this case, that April just never denied these rumors. Like, why wouldn't she just come and publicly outright say, like, this is bullshit, like, of course, I'm not dead, like, this is why, you know, like, people around me would be able to confirm it. Like, why never do that? And to me, I say, why? Why do it? 
why do it? She just moved on with her life. From everything I read, she doesn't really care about this theory. She doesn't know about it in much detail. And also, why f not feed the press? Because if she does that, A, nobody would believe. Like, if I were to come here and be like, actually, I'm not dead after somebody basically spreads the conspiracy theory about me being dead for years, we would be like, well, that's exactly something a person that has been dead for years would say. A person that has something to cover up. You can't win in these situations. You can't win. Whatever she is to do or say, she can't actually win. People would be like, oh, that's exactly what somebody would say. Rather, if she is to stay silent, the publicity keeps this theory ruminating for years, and she stays in the limelight. Something that I don't want to see as a comment, though, and this is where it brings me here. The comment in every single video that I have watched, if she doesn't have a clone, get Melissa and Avril in the same room. Well, yet again, Melissa does not exist. Therefore, this is not a possibility. If I see a comment saying that, and it's not in a jokey kind of way. I'm hunting you down. I'm not. I don't have that time. But mentally, cyber, hunting you down. <laughs> don't be like that. Don't be a dumbass. It's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, the easiest thing would be have both of them in the same room. Melissa doesn't exist yet again, so this is not really a possible kind of action. The last thing that she has said, well, actually, last couple of things, one was in 2019, in an interview that she did for Entertainment Weekly. And Avril said that this is just a dumb internet rumor, and that she was flabbergasted that people bought into it. Then they pause on the Avril comments, because in this timeline, I found this thread on Reddit from 2019. Reddit is a wild, wild place. In this Reddit theory, somebody suggested that Avril has a twin and that her twin sister replaced her. So people's comments, <laughs> because people are like, how do I justify this anymore? People's comments have stated that they are from the hometown, they're from Napani, where Avril is from, and that they knew a couple of people that grew up with her, so she doesn't have a twin sister, unless the twin was locked up in the attic like Bart Simpson's twin Hugo. They don't think it's possible. Um, they didn't dig up the yearbooks as they claimed they did. Um, they didn't dig up the yearbooks as they claimed they would in the comment, though. But there's somebody that posted something interesting as well, which is they would like to know about her non-family relationships during this time as well. Because it just seems there would be dozens of people that she would interact with on a regular basis that would have noticed. And someone would have leaked that type of information, which is what I'm trying to drill into your head. Actually drill it during this video. Like, somebody sitting on this type of information would have fucking leaked it. I'd be the first one to be like, this is insane. What the hell? This is insane. I'd be like sitting on it saying like, what is she gonna do? What's this Melissa gonna do with Avril's life? And they'd be like, I don't like it. I'm gonna leak it. I'd be the first person and be like, no, I wanna go back to Skater Boy. What is this bullshit? And then I would leak it. Just a bit of insight into my inner thoughts. The last time she addressed it was, well, actually in a TikTok trend in 2022. It's one of those, like, when you use one of the popular signs. No, please explain TikTok trends to people, my. And then, you know, she just... <laughs> I just played. I just played over it. Just please do not. 
like an ageist, like try to explain TikTok trends. Well, she said like the most common question. She didn't say it. She showed it in a TikTok trend. Please stop for the love of God. Yeah, the most common question that she gets is, um, is she dead <laughs> and replaced by a clone? Another time she addressed it in 2022 is for the interview for Galore magazine, where she said it's funny because everyone says I look the same, but then there's that. That doesn't make any sense. Also, how random. When people bring it up and it's been brought up to me for like years that there's this conspiracy theory that I'm not me or something. I'm a clone, question mark. How did something like that get so... I don't know. It's just the weirdest rumor. To finalize this story on Avril, because this is truly where it is. She addresses it sometimes, she says it's stupid, which, come on. <laughs> and people don't believe it, because why doesn't she outright deny it? Why doesn't she sit down with Melissa for an interview? Because Melissa does not exist. Biased opinion, I know. I don't know if I managed to maybe convince you during this. You will let me know in the comments. And if you truly believe in this, I want to hear your best arguments. I want to hear them. I want to hear them right the hell now. I want to see a list of them. I better see an essay. I better be convinced. I better be flipping convinced. Because I try to be as unbiased as humanly possible, trying not to make as much light of this story as so many people did, trying not to sensationalize it as hard as it is with this stupid blog post. However, to finalize this story, let us go back to Avril like her legacy from that point on, and also even the background that we have spoken about. Avril maybe, yes, wanted to break away from her family. Maybe she did want to kill the old Avril in the sense of leaving somebody behind, leaving the teenage Avril that was struggling and trying to break away from a religious family behind. She, I don't think, ever outright says that, by the way. It just kind of insinuated. And she says that she was closest to her grandpa compared to, like, her parents and the rest of her family. But from what I have seen from the background years, they had supported her enough when it comes to, like, her music career. She, regardless, has finally made it. She has made a million contract deal. She has released the album. She has reached the fame and still stayed true to herself for that moment in time. And then her grandpa dies. That clearly affects her and it's visible through her next album. However, she still goes out, doesn't even cancel the tour, doesn't even cancel the performance. She says she doesn't want to quit. She goes on stage and performs at the hardest day of her life, what we are to believe. And then people say, despite of that, despite of her still wanting this career, fighting through it, that this is when she decides to die in the most morbid way. The doppelganger that there has never been proof of existing then takes over and just continues living a lie and everybody else knows of it and supports it and doesn't leak any information. I'm just trying to, again, recap that part and see if that fits into that conspiracy theory for you, where she was in that moment in time. Or maybe the story that flows better is, yes, Abril has changed her style depending on her mood and her albums have reflected that and her style has matched that. 
And also then she's back to her roots now, what people have called her roots. Again, we don't know what's going on in this woman's head. And maybe her albums were inspired by, yes, the death of her grandpa, by her relationships at the time, by her going from teenagers to 20s to now 30s. Maybe. Maybe it has been affected by studios. Maybe it has been... Certain songs have definitely been commercialized and culturally inappropriate, and all of that, that still stands. However, artists can change. They can grow vocally and also change style-wise. And something that fits here for me is I look into what people have done later. And Avril has done a lot in terms of her legacy, in terms of just her humanitarian work. Avril has, throughout the years, been involved in multiple charities. She has also performed in order to raise money, whether it is to educate people worldwide about HIV, or whether it was for Amnesty International, for many charities that she had involved. She has been a public speaker about them and has also performed and, like, done covers in order for the money from the profits, from the royalties, for those performances to then go solely to those charities. In 2010, she actually founded her own foundation called the Avril Lavigne Foundation, focusing on helping young people with serious illnesses and disabilities. In 2014, she launched a personal fundraising campaign for Special Olympics as part of her own birthday celebration. In 2020, again inspired by her own diagnosis for Lyme disease, she actually announced a special livestream concert to raise awareness and funds in the fight against it. And the concert actually took place with the proceeds from all the tickets and merch going to Global Lyme Alliance. Musically, however, where Avril's legacy really is, is that she broke through a genre when no one else did, or rather, no female artist did at the time. In the early 2000s, when the whole scene was sweet, pop-like songs, she made it to the charts by staying true to herself. According to her interviews, that's exactly what she continued doing while growing as an artist. She has been seen as the fashion icon for the skate punk and rocker style, with her most famous songs at the time, Skater Boy, He Wasn't, and Girlfriend, frequently listed among the best pop-punk songs of all time by critics. Then, on the rise of mid to late 2010s, emo hip-hop and emo rap, Avril was noted as an influence of various musicians from that scene, with Nylon magazine noting different ones, like John River, Rico Nasty, Princess Nokia, Lloyd Banks, and Ipsy Hustle. Rico Nasty himself actually named one of her alter egos Trap Lavigne, citing that she is a perfect representation of being hard and soft. She hated the term punk, but she was so punk rock. At the end of this story, you can believe Avril Lavigne is going back to her roots, and that indeed, in 2003, old Avril died, and she was reborn as an artist. She experimented throughout and then got back to the old sounds, while still discovering herself, considering she's still young and she started off as a teenager, with the death of her grandpa affecting her at a young age. And maybe you just don't like her new voice, new sound, or her new music now. Or you can believe that Avril indeed died in 2003, 
in the biggest cover-up of all time with minimal evidence. And how Avril is dead is more than just a line, because new Avril has been living in a new body all along. Now, that is the story of Avril Lavigne and the conspiracy theories, and here is where I pass it on to you. It's just morbid. It is just morbid to me. I don't know. I don't think I will ever read a piece of fanfiction again, because this is fanfiction. I'm sorry to break it to you, but this is purely all coming out of somebody's head. I believe there are better fanfiction stories out there, but hey, I will never know. I guess I will never know, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine living my life, the rest of it, never reading a story about, like, a celebrity made by somebody from their freaking basement or something in Brazil. Who are you even? Who are you with your expert opinions on Avril and, like, voice and style and everything? And it's just the fact that it caught traction. It's like the fact that it just went on and on, even after they came clean. I just can't. <laughs> just bizarre but hey if you believe in it shoot your shot in the comments try to convince me go for it i believe i have given the most unbiased account of events have given you all of the evidence that you need and if you believe it my brothers and sisters <laughs> put it in the comments try to convince me i don't think you'll get there but you take up a challenge come on take it up take it the fuck up <laughs> let me go let me go now. Who is keeping you, Mike? Who is truly keeping you here? Who is keeping you? Honestly, if I ever make it in life and somebody starts the conspiracy theories, the time that I just find a better hobby because you cannot win. You can't convince somebody. You can't convince them. I will not be able to. Avril can't. She's a fucking motherfucking rock star. Okay, but debate. <laughs> in terms of the genre of music, you don't, you don't say genres of music, because you don't know them, you clearly had to listen to other person describe some musical genres to understand what people mean. And that is how you find the real proof, or rather disprove the freaking theory. You find professionals, and not just evidence of, like, Photoshop online and possible plastic surgery. I actually can't talk anymore. I have run out of my talking battery for the day. You know, you have social battery, you have talking battery. Have you mumbled throughout this video? Let's see, let's see. I'm gonna go edit it. I hope, I hope that you will be able to understand this story because I really was not bothered at work today. I was not bothered at like trying to talk. It's not the most social butterfly today. When are you ever? You're like the least social person I know. Good talk, good talk. Uh, am I out? We'll be seeing you guys probably next week with a new one. Make sure you like and subscribe. You really suck at the promotion part. You really suck at it. And some Avril Lavigne TikTok, yeah. The trends, yeah, follow for the same sound. Please do not describe TikTok to anybody ever. What is TikTok? What is the app all about? Shut the fuck. <laughs> hey. It helped me, the algorithm helped me figure something out. And you ruminate on what the algorithm helped me figure out. Or no, <laughs> don't mess with my life. Don't fucking figure out a single part of my personal life, okay? I will hunt you down. I will reverse, I reverse image search you. Reverse image search, you would think like it actually works and like it helps people. Honestly, it's never helped me find a person. 
like TV shows really lie to you. Where is this chat going? The first image search, go, go try it, go try it, see, see for yourself. I've tried, I think, even to search myself and it didn't work. <laughs> so Because I had to, okay, listen, I had to understand, wait, wait a minute. So I had, I wanted to find somebody at work, right? So I have wanted to see if I screenshot their picture on Slack, if they will be alerted. And so I practiced on myself. I screenshotted my own picture on Slack. It's a sad story. I didn't say it's a good story. And then I reverse search myself and I don't think I found myself. And then I was like, okay, cool. Let's try with that person. My first reverse image search was on myself. This is so sad. You really need a life. Like, you really need a better social life. What to reverse search image? <laughs> I'm out. It's just so, it's just something. Just go try it yourself. Try it yourself, okay? If you don't believe me, try it yourself. You leave nowhere. Fucking Penelope Garcia and like everybody lied to me on the internet. And on criminal minds. Mostly criminal minds. <laughs> I have been lied to. I will live with it. Bye guys, my out, my out now. God, it's so pointless. <laughs> Why are you like this?